You're listening to the International Family Church Podcast. Our ministry philosophy can be summed up in one statement. It's not about building a great church. It's about building a great people. We do this through our regular weekend services, life groups that meet throughout the week, and by helping people connect to their God-given purpose. This year, our focus as a church is having the courage to connect. We're only a few weeks away from Easter weekend on Saturday, April 20th and Sunday, April 21st. Easter weekend is a perfect opportunity to reach out to the people in your life who might be far from God and invite them to join you at church. Don't miss the opportunity to help those around you connect with the help that they need this Easter weekend. Service times are Saturday, April 20th at 4 p.m. and Sunday, April 21st at 8.15, 9.45, 11.30 a.m. and 1 p.m. When women gather, anything is possible. We're so excited for our New England Women's Convention to return this May from Thursday, May 9th through Friday the 10th. Pastor Verna Del Turco, Reverend Cindy Black, Reverend Barbara Arbo, and Minister Louise Roberts are looking forward to hosting you at this year's New England Women's Convention. This event is the perfect opportunity for women of every background and age group to gather together to worship Jesus, celebrate one another, and strengthen their walk with God. This year, our guest speaker, Jen Tringale, is an internationally known speaker, author, and strategist on Awakening Destiny. She's known for her integration of purpose, innovation, faith, and spirituality. Her messaging reaches across cultures and vocations to unlock the purpose and potential within individuals, organizations, cities, and nations. We want to see you there. So ladies, save the date for this year's New England Women's Convention and visit newconline.com to register today. Now here's today's message. Come on, let's pray. Let's believe God together. Father, thank you for this wonderful opportunity we have to celebrate the goodness of God. We are so blessed. And Father, I pray that you'll open up hearts today, open up our imagination as we continue to talk about Jesus on the cross. Help us to really understand it. Give us insight. Give us something, Father God, that that it might be hard in words to describe, but somehow we get it. So Holy Spirit, help us get it today. Help us understand it today. Help us understand the depth of all that Jesus has done for us and the love of God provided for us. And we'll be so careful to give you all the honor, all the glory and praise. And all of God's people said, amen, amen. amen. Welcome to part four in our five-part series, which will end next week. And uh, as you know, uh, the title of our, this series is The Cross, Why It Still Matters Today. I really appreciate many comments that have come my way that, that you've understood the season of Jesus' life in a greater detail, uh, things you didn't know about, things that you weren't aware about, maybe things you forgot that needed to be reminded about this important event. Um, so thank you for making that uh, uh, that those compliments and, and those words, they meant a lot. It really inspires us to even more help put things in context for us because many of you don't have a church background. You weren't brought up in church like many others were, so you don't have context. And so we want to really help you understand all that God has done for us. This series is all about the last six hours of Jesus's life. He has six hours to live before he dies. During those six hours, he makes seven statements on the cross. And those seven statements are very relevant. They're, they're more relevant today in our everyday life than they were when Jesus originally declared them. And in so understanding them, they give you great insight into the enormous price Jesus paid. This wasn't fiction. This wasn't a fairy tale. This was real life. This actually happened. 
This isn't Hollywood. All right, this isn't some storyteller uh, coming up with some scenarios that move our heart. This is actually the truth of what took place over 2,000 years ago. It's vital that you understand it today in the 21st century, 2019, so that you can apply these, these uh, ancient truths and make them real and alive and, and, and real and new to you today. Now, here's why I believe was the number one reason why I wanted to do this series. You can't appreciate the resurrection until you understand the crucifixion. The resurrection is monumental. You don't have a bigger event that defines Christianity and defines you and defines me, defines us as a, as a body of believers than the resurrection. But you'll never really get it. It's the enormity of it unless you really can understand the crucifixion. That's why we're talking about the cross. That's why it still matters today. Because when you have an, a clear understanding and a fresh perspective about Jesus' sacrifice on the cross, let me tell you something, next week will mean so much to you and you'll really then be able to celebrate resurrection every day like we're supposed to. It's not just an Easter holiday, a special event. It's really something that as believers we celebrate on an ongoing basis. Amen. In our last three messages, we discussed the first three statements of Jesus as he was being crucified on the cross. Um, as Jesus hung between heaven and earth in excruciating pain, dying for the sins of mankind, past, present, and future, he makes this statement, which we know is a prayer. And he says, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they are doing. What an amazing statement. What an amazing love statement. Here he is being tortured. Here he is dying. Here he is beat up, bleeding out. Here he is slowly dying. Uh, now uh, his lungs are filling up with liquid and, and, and water and liquid is surrounding his heart and slowly causing him to die. He's at a place now where his breaths are labored. And if you've ever been around someone who's dying, it's, no, it's not a fun thing to hear somebody's last breaths being breathed. And you wonder, man, it, it's, it's, it's longer in between. And the, the death rattle and all the various things that have ever been around it, it's not a fun scene to experience, especially if it's someone that you love and care about deeply. But here in this moment, he prays. and He actually is the high priest for our atonement uh, for the human race, and then he is the actual offering itself. And because Jesus, of what he does in the prayer he prays, we can all be forgiven no matter what we've done, and we can offer forgiveness to others no matter what they've done to us. And then in the uh, second statement, uh, Jesus is there talking to the penitent criminal. He stands between two thieves one of the most dramatic scenes in the Bible as Jesus is in the middle of these two criminals and one criminal cries out for mercy, says, truly, he cries out to Jesus and Jesus responds to him and says, truly, I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. So we have a, a criminal who really was guilty of something who deserved to be crucified, hanging next to Jesus, who is more than a crucifixion, it's an execution. It's, a, it's something dying for something he never committed. And he, this criminal, goes from ridiculing Jesus to rethinking his life like many of us have done. 
he rethinks his life and realizes and sees the mercy of Jesus and the, and the love of Jesus. And he rethinks his life and he asks for mercy. And, and Jesus actually says to him, you'll have eternal life and gives him the assurance that when you call upon the name of the Lord, you'll be saved. We have that same assurance. Don't ever doubt your salvation. Don't ever doubt the fact when you call on the name of Jesus and you ask him to forgive you from your sins and you invite him in your heart, you can have the assurance you are saved. You are a child of the Most High God and you are on your way to heaven and your sins have been wiped clean as far as the, the east is from the west into the deepest sea. Amen. That's awesome. And thank God for that assurance. And then uh, the, the third statement we, we, we read as Jesus takes time suffering for the sins of mankind. He takes a moment and makes eye contact with his mom. And he addresses his mother and her needs and addresses his beloved disciple, John, his best friend. He says this to his mother, dear woman, here is your, in essence, new son. John, my best friend, my beloved disciple, here is your new mother, giving us an example of how we should always be taking care of our moms and dads. Jesus was a mama boy. I can relate because I'm a mama's boy. Love my mom. Love my dad. He was my original number one hero. But, but there's something about that love that you have for your mom, and, and Jesus makes way and, and makes sure that John would take care of his mom. And you can get last week's message and hear all about that today. But let's now go right to Jesus' fourth statement. The scene is, a, is about to drastically change. Jesus is crucified on the cross at 9 o'clock in the morning. It's now been three hours. He's been suffering, slowly dying. His breaths are more labored. He's bleeding out. He's in a place where it's just a matter of time before he finally dies. And during these three hours, he's experiencing the worst agonizing physical suffering a human being can, can suffer, can experience. But if that wasn't bad enough, he's about to experience the deepest level of suffering he has ever experienced in his life. It's about to change drastically. It's now a little bit before noon. The Middle Eastern sun is out in full glory, which means it's hot. It means that the, the sun is so bright. If you've ever been to the Middle East, as I have, it's so bright that it, it, without sunglasses, it's really glaring, and, and you've got to squint to your eyes to really be able to see. It is that bright. But then suddenly, in the midst of that brightness, the ground begins to tremble. A roar of wind begins to come out of nowhere, and the sky goes black. It's a dramatic scene. I've never been outside in the middle of a hurricane, but suppose we were in the midst of those high winds, dark stormy cloud. What an ominous environment. It is in this environment that Jesus cries out his fourth statement. It says this in Mark 15, starting at verse 29. The people passing by shouted abuse, shaking their heads in mockery. Ha, look at you now they yelled at him. You said you were going to destroy the temple and rebuild it in three days. Well then, save yourself and come down from the cross. 
the leading priests and teachers of religious law, also mocked Jesus. He saved others, they scoffed, but he can't save himself. Let this Messiah, this King of Israel, come down from the cross so we can see it and believe him. Even the men who were crucified with Jesus ridiculed him. At noon, darkness fell across the whole land until three o'clock. And then at three o'clock, Jesus called out with a loud voice, Eloi, Eloi, lema shamachthani, which means, my God, my God, why have you abandoned me? On the evening of June 9th, Judith Bucknell was killed in Miami, Florida. It's a true story. She was 38. She weighed 109 pounds. And she was number 106 homicide that year. She was repeatedly stabbed and strangled. If it wasn't for a diary that she wrote, we'd never know about Judith Bucknell. Her story would be just another statistic on June 9th of somebody being murdered. But because of her diary, we have great insight into someone who suffered greatly. Her struggles were not unusual. She worried about getting old. She worried about getting fat. She worried about getting married. She worried about getting pregnant. She worried about getting by. She lived in a stylish, contemporary community and really seemed to have all the right friends. Judy was in the midst of, was the model of a confused human being. Half of her life was fantasy. The other half was a, was a sheer nightmare. A successful executive, but a loser at love. Her diary was filled with entries such as the following. She said, where are the men with the flowers and champagne and music? Where are the men who call and ask for a genuine, actual date? Where are the men who would like to share more than my bed, my booze, and my food? I would like to have in my life, once before I pass through my life, the kind of sexual relationship which is part of a loving relationship. She never got it. It never happened. Now, Judy wasn't a prostitute. She was not on drugs or welfare. She never went to jail. She wasn't a social outcast. She was respectable. She worked a regular job. She worked out daily. She was disciplined. She hosted parties. She wore designer clothes. She had the condo that looked over the bay. Yep, she was very lonely. And she wrote in her diary, I see people together and I'm so jealous, I just want to throw up. What about me? What about me? Though surrounded by people, she was on an island. Though she had many acquaintances, she had few friends. And according to her, her, her diary, she had many lovers. Actually, she counted them, 59 of them in 56 months. She had little love. She wrote this. Who is going to love Judy Bucknell? I feel so old, unloved, unwanted, abandoned, used up. I want to cry and sleep forever. Can you hear her aching words? Can you obviously understand this, a heart that's broken, a heart that 
seemingly does all the outside things right, seemingly looks like she's got it all together, but she is suffering inside. And though her body died on June 9th from the wounds of a knife, her heart died long before from loneliness. She writes, she writes, I'm alone. I want to share something with somebody. A reasonable heart's cry. Loneliness. It's a cry. It's a moan. It's a wail. Can you hear it? Can you hear it come out of the uh, abandoned child, the bully student, the divorcee, the silent home, the empty mailbox, the long days, the longer nights, a one-night stand, a forgotten birthday, a silent phone. Cries of loneliness. See, our churches and our communities are full of Judy Bucknells. You can hear their cries in all the spectrums of life, from the top to the bottom, from the failures to the famous, from the poor to the rich, from the married to the single. Judy Bucknell was not alone. See, this message this morning is for those who've been knocked down by life more times than you can imagine from the cruelty of someone that you cared about. You understand the, the darkness of despair and the ongoing battle of depression and suicidal thoughts. This message is for those who can find a lonely person very simply. All you have to do is look in the mirror. Judy Bucknell. They're everywhere. All shapes and sizes. All cultures and backgrounds. Every age, ethnicity. Every walk of life. For you, loneliness is a way of life. Sleepless nights, a lonely bed, full of distrust, fear of tomorrow, unending hurt. Where did it all begin? In your childhood? At the divorce? Retirement? At the cemetery? When the kids left? When did it start? Maybe you, like Judy Bucknell, fooled everyone. No one knows that you're so lonely. The outside package speaks of success speaks of notoriety. Your smile is bright. Your job is stable. Your clothes are sharp. You're in good shape. Your calendar is full. Your walk is brisk. Your, your talk is impressive. But when you look in a mirror, you fool no one. When you are alone, the double life ceases and the pain is exposed. Or maybe you don't hide it. Maybe you've always been on the outside looking in. Maybe it's always been awkward for you to have a relationship tell the right joke at the right time, have the right information, step in and get involved in a conversation that never seems to go quite right, and all you get is silence. Nobody laughs at your jokes. Nobody laughs. Your timing is off. It's awkward for you. You're socially awkward. Maybe it's very obvious, and maybe you don't hide it quite as well as Judy hid it. If this is hitting home to anyone today, if this is hitting home and reading your mail today, I have an important message for you. Here it is. The most gut-wrenching cry of loneliness in history came not from a prisoner, a widow, or a patient. It came from a hill, from a cross, from a Messiah. When Jesus screamed, my God, my God, why did you abandon me? That's where true loneliness took place. That's when Jesus was all truly by himself.
The word abandoned means to leave completely and utterly, to withdraw from, to desert. Never have words carried so much hurt. Never was one human being so lonely. Here now the, the, on Skull's Hill, the sin bearer is alone. Every lie ever told, every object ever coveted, every promise ever, every promise ever broken is on his soldier, soldiers. He is sin. Oh no, he didn't become a sinner. He didn't actually commit the sin. He is the sinless, perfect sacrifice, but he takes on your sin. He takes on your, your punishment on the cross. You got to understand something. This is the moment that you and I can look back at and realize this is the moment he took on my sin. This is the moment he took on Jonathan Del Turco's sin. This is the moment he took on your sin. This is the moment that he realized, this is now. I'm taking on every sin, past, present, and all the future people that will come, all the rest of us. It's at this moment that he takes on this sin. It's at this moment that we can look back and say, my, 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 thank God Jesus did this. Amen. But see, he takes on your sin and mine and bears the punishment on the cross. Listen very carefully. The despair is darker than the sky. The two who have been one are now two. Jesus, who had been with God for eternity, is now alone. The Christ, who was an expression of God, is abandoned, deserted, utterly forsaken. It's more than Jesus can take. Man, he showed strength when he stood and took the beating from those Roman soldiers. He stood his ground and he went through six mock trials. He was in that place where he didn't even scream when they pierced his wrist with those nine-inch nails. In fact, he didn't even retaliate when everybody that loved him, who said they loved him, bailed on him. He was truly all alone. But when God turned his head, it was too much for him to bear. He took it all on. My Lord, he was a true lamb laid down for us, for our sins. The lamb slain from the beginning of the foundations of the earth. So out from a broken heart, that heart that would soon stop beating, he screamed. Look up that word cry. It's a scream of desperation. It's a scream of shock. It's a scream that I can't even believe this. I didn't expect this. I never knew that it would actually feel like this. It's just out of disbelief and overwhelm. He screams in such desperation. And he screams, my God, my God, why? Why? He doesn't get it. Why did you abandon me? You know, in our natural self, this is so hard to understand. This is not our purpose. This is not our destiny. This is not something we were called to do. So I think about, I can't understand this. I honestly cannot. Why did Jesus do it? Why did he do it? Oh, I know, I know, I know the theological answer. And it's the right answer. 
I know that without Jesus' spotless blood that was shed for mankind, the penalty couldn't be paid. The redemption of mankind couldn't take place. I understand. I get it. It is true that a holy God couldn't look on his son who had become sin for us, yours and mine. I get it. I understand that it's true. And I, I get the fact that, that this was his purpose. This is why he was born. This is why God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son so that he would do this very act for us, that he would sacrificially and selflessly lay down his life so I could be free, so you could be free, so I could walk in my purpose, so you could walk in your purpose, so you could walk in the best that God has for you. I get it. I get it. You know what? If that's all there was, it's enough. What more do I need? I'm on my way to heaven. I'm forgiven. I, can, I, I, I know that I, I have purpose and I have value and I'm loved by God and what more do I need? But you know in God, there's always more. There's always more. There's something very compassionate going on here. There's something so necessary going on here. There's something so extremely personal going on here. What is it, you ask? I keep thinking about Judith's diary. Remember? She wrote, I feel so abandoned. Who's going to love Judith Bucknell? I think about that and all these scenarios flooded my mind. I've got to tell you, I've had a very emotional week. I can't tell you the emotion to prepare and do this series has, has really gripped me in a fresh way. It's really made me appreciate all the more the suffering and I'm at a season in my life where I can somehow, I'm a better communicator than I was years ago to be able to, to com communicate and put myself in this place somehow to give the words and English language to somehow give meaning and, and, and communicate to, 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 to us the, the enormity of what is taking place here. As I got quiet, I began to think about, I kept thinking of the student who's being mercifully bullied. I keep thinking of the young man or woman who's struggling with their true identity. I keep thinking about the woman who's pregnant and contemplating abortion. How can I raise this baby? I'm but a baby myself. I keep thinking about the spouse who's living in the pain of rejection because of an unfaithful partner. I keep thinking about the child who needs special care very expensive, and every treatment doesn't seem to help. I keep thinking about the mom who's going through chemotherapy, wondering if she'll live long enough to take care of her children. I keep thinking about the family who suddenly and tragically lost a loved one so unexpectedly, and now they're in total shock. I keep thinking about the elderly person in the nursing home, wondering why his family doesn't come and visit him anymore. I keep thinking about the person who's getting, their thoughts are getting darker and darker, and they wonder, how much longer can I live like this? How much longer can I put up with all these dark thoughts? I keep thinking of all the people who cast a despairing eye toward the dark heavens. Shake that angry fist. Why? Why? And wonders, where's this God? I hear he's good. I hear he's there. 
I hear he loves me unconditionally. I can't find him. I don't know where he is. I can't tell where he's going on. Is he here or isn't he? Does he love me or doesn't? Maybe I'm the one that he doesn't love. Maybe I'm a special case. The devil lies to us and tell us, you're, you're, you, you've gone too far. You've, you've done too much. You've, you, you've gone overboard. You've hurt too many people. You've destroyed your legacy. You, you destroyed your past, your, your, your future. You, you've done a job on, your, on, on, on the legacy of your own life. And, and we hear it over and over again. But see, here's what happens. While preparing for this message, I, I closed my eyes. And I imagine Jesus, the one who knows exactly what we're going through. And I see him paying attention and listening intently. I see his eyes welling up. And then I see a nail-scarred hand wiping away the tears. Because if there's anyone who gets it, It's Jesus. It's anyone who understands. It's Jesus. But see, there's a big difference between Jesus. Listen very carefully. I got to get through this. There's a big difference between Jesus, who actually was abandoned, who actually was deserted, who actually was forsaken. It had to happen. It had to happen because. Your sin and my sin was at stake. Our future potential, our future gift, what God created in us, the legacy in our lives, it it, it had to happen. I understand that. He had to bear our sin, shame, guilt, ultimately pay the ultimate price for our freedom. But yet for us, when we feel overwhelmed and abandoned, we're not actually abandoned. But the feelings sure feel real, don't they? The environment, what people said, the lack of people, the lack of love, man, it sure feels like I've been abandoned. See, Jesus actually was abandoned. And you and I, we got to deal with the feelings, the events, the circumstances. So while there might be people that left us, and while they might have left us in a lot worse condition than they found us, I got to tell you something. We have a promise by God that applies to every human being, that applies to every follower of Christ. It's a promise that actually doesn't even apply to Jesus himself, but it applies to you. It applies to me. And I'm begging you, I'm about to read it, that you would believe this with all your heart. I'm begging you that you'd absolutely open up your heart today and listen to the word of the Lord and listen to the promise Amen. Listen to what God says about you and the state of condition of your soul and where you find yourself in in very desperate places. And thank God that we can believe this promise no matter how you feel, no matter what your pain tells you, no matter how the devil's trying to convince you, it's over for you. You're done. You're a nobody. You're used goods. Nobody will love you. No one will care for you. You can't rebuild that. You can't have that back. Amen. People, circumstances, your own life, your own you know, self-doubt and insecurity and fear is screaming at you and telling you it's over. 
Nobody cares about you. Nobody will miss you when you're gone. Amen. You'll just be a statistic. Nobody cares about you, Judy Bucknell. But there's a promise. <laughs> oh, there's a promise. Are you ready for this promise? It's yours. It's got your name on it. Amen. You're going to take it home with you. It's going to be in your heart forever. It's going to be something you stand on and believe for the rest of your life. It's something that declares to you a new beginning because of this, a fresh place of health and healing because of God's word and his promise today. It's found in Hebrews chapter 13, starting at verse 5 in the Message Bible. It says, since God assured us, I will never let you down, never walk off and leave you. We can boldly quote, God is there, ready to help. I'm fearless no matter what, who or what can get to me. That's the promise of God today. Amen. The same verse in the Passion Translation says this, For hasn't he promised you? I will never leave you alone. Never. I will not loosen my grip on your life. That's for you. Amplified Version says this. Listen very carefully. For he, God himself, has said, I will not, I will not in any way fail you or give you up nor leave you without support. Listen, I will not, I will not, I will not. Are you getting the point? I will not in any degree leave you helpless, nor forsake, nor let you down. Relax my hold on you. Assuredly not. Oh, come on. Thank God for his word today. Amen. That's the promise that must come up in your heart when you feel abandoned, deserted, right? And your mind and your circumstances try to convince you, where is God? Right here. He's right there. He's there with you today. Oh, I've relied upon this verse as, as a couple that, that we almost failed at marriage and, and came so close to divorce. But thank God for God's grace. I remember quoting this verse when we went through the season, the years of infertil, infer, 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 infertility. I want to get the right word out. Infertility. Thank God the other one didn't happen. Infertility. That'd be news to everybody, wouldn't it? Um, news to my wife, too. Uh, that was close. Infertility. Not knowing would we be able to have children. As our kids grew up and the drama with children, the drama with starting a church, the drama of so many years pastoring, amen, trying to help the very people that don't know what to do because they're in such pain and they take it out on the one that's in front of them. Been there, done that. I've called on this verse so many times. Wondered, will it ever help? Can we help these people? Can we save their lives? Can we save their marriage? Can we save their future? Can we help them have a legacy? Can we help them start over afresh and new? I've said this verse to so many people. It's a promise. It belongs to you. He is with you. And because he's with you, he knows how to deal with the cry and the wail of loneliness and the ache and pain of your circumstances. And, 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 and you understand which one of us couldn't relate to Judith Bucknell. But thank God we're still alive. 
Thank God there's still hope. Thank God there's still an answer. Thank God there's still tomorrow. Thank God there's still another day to have breath and to believe God. Thank God there's an opportunity today for you today to open up your heart and let the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, the one who knows about loneliness, let him into your lonely soul. Let him into your life today. Let him in on the inside today. Let the healing begin today. Let the process start today. Let a new beginning happen in your life today to realize it doesn't have to stay this way. Wow. Thank God for his love today. What a great promise. Especially for those who find themselves helpless and alone. You didn't know that God loves you so much. Listen, he loves you just the way you are. Listen very carefully to this song.
bowed please wow 
Oh, I hope somehow we can each get a fresh glimpse of how much God loves us. As your eyes are closed, you need to recognize today that God is madly in love with you. There's not a thing you could ever do to make him not love you. He loves you as he found you. He loves you just the way you are. What you need to understand today is I'm not asking you to open up your heart, that painful part of your soul, to me, to a friend, to a spouse, a partner. I'm asking you to open up that part of your soul to Jesus, who truly understands. You could honestly say, He's walked in your shoes been there, done that. If you'll just open up your heart, just even a crack, and let him in. His healing power, his restoring power, his ability, obviously we can't heal it by ourselves or else we'd all be in a much better place than we are today. Many of you are in a place where you are whole. God bless you. Good for you. Obviously, you put a lot of hard work so that you could be whole. Years. I get it. Perhaps you were free and, and you've let circumstances bring you back to an old place and it's not fun. Or maybe your process hasn't even started to the degree that you desire. You've gone to counseling. Good for you. S smart. You've done your best. Maybe medication. Other things to come alongside to, to help you be whole, to get a grip on this so you can continue to heal and be whole. I understand. But there's nothing like letting Jesus, the one who suffered and died for that pain, let him in. Let him bring healing and wholeness into your life today. It can be a brand new start. Brand new place where healing can begin and and finally shake what connects you to your past, what tracks you and lurks in the dark shadows of your life. Anytime you try to take a step, there it is, reminding you, wait, where are you going? Who are you? Don't you forget where you came from? Who do you think you are? Such lies, such lies, such lies. Let the one who proved his love for you, the one who died for you, the one who really suffered spirit, soul, and body for you, let him in your heart today. Let him in that part of your soul today that very few ever visit. The words of that song, I know I don't deserve this kind of love. Somehow this kind of love is who you are. It's a grace I could never add up to be someone you still want, but somehow you love me as you find me. If you want my heart, I won't second guess because I need your love. More than anything, I'm in. I'm yours. Your love's too good to leave me here. Your love's too good to leave me here. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you.
for touching hearts right now. I thank you that many of us find our soul almost like bare open, like, can anybody else see this besides me? That's just your spirit, that your love drawing us, that your love compelling us. And I thank you, Father, it's in this moment where your spirit, your love, as a seed is dropped in our hearts and our soul, where the healing process begins and victory starts to happen. And a new image and a brand new place begins to take place in our lives. I thank you, Father God, for those that this has reached down to the deepest part of their soul. Thank you, Father, for their heart being open today. Thank you, Jesus, for kindly handling them with such love. You would never demean us or make fun of us or even embarrass us. That's not who you are. You're a good, good Father. We take this moment, Father, and allow the faith in our hearts to rise up and grab a hold of that. That's mine. I'll take it. I'm desperate. It belongs to me. And I receive it by faith today. In Jesus' name. Wow. Could we all please stand to our feet? What a moment. What a moment. A life-changing moment. Could we just for a moment raise our hands towards heaven and thank God for His goodness today? Seriously. Oh God, I, I didn't know. I didn't understand the depth of what Jesus, your son, went through. Oh my, thank you. Let there be such an overwhelming sense of gratitude, appreciation, value. Oh my, thank you. Wow, you went through all that. There's no way I should stay bound. There's no way I should dread my, my future or fear my past or, or not tap into your highest and best. You've suffered all for that and I'm going to pass it by. I'm going to stay in my mat. No! You contend for it. It belongs to you. It's yours. Don't you dare let the devil, people, places, or things stop you from walking God's highest and best. May this heart of gratitude be with you now and forevermore. May you never lose this picture. May you never have this iron brand of God's love branded on your heart and on your soul. May you never, ever, ever forget what the Lord has done for you. When we celebrate resurrection next week, I wouldn't miss if I were you. Man, we are going to celebrate, especially those of us that have been here in this series. Oh my, my resurrection is going to make so much sense to you. Somehow the Holy Spirit will put it all together for those that are brand new and first time guests. He'll do it somehow. I know he will, but I am knowing that you have been impacted by the Spirit of God today. All we can say is, wow. What words can I say? But thank you. I will wake up every morning grateful. I will go to bed every night grateful. I'll go through the valleys and the mountaintops grateful. Lean times, abundant times, grateful. Feeling good about myself, wondering who am I? Grateful. Grateful every season, no matter what. 
I will never doubt your love and I will never doubt your commitment. You said, I will not, I will not, I will not let you go and release my grip on you. Thank you. Wow, we got to end here, I guess. Somehow. With every head bowed, please. The greatest miracle of all is when you open up your heart and say yes to Jesus. I described to Jesus to you that who wouldn't want to serve him? Who wouldn't want him in your life? Who wouldn't want that kind of love and compassion and goodness beating in your heart, living alive in your spirit, making you alive, freeing you from sin and death, giving you hope, victory, and new life? Who wouldn't want that Jesus to serve him. Let your life come under his lordship knowing he would take very good care of you. He has his, your best in mind. You say, Pastor, I've never opened my heart to Jesus. But today's my day. My day to put my trust in a Savior. I didn't know the depth of what he went through for me. Who am I? Say, Pastor, pray for me, please. I need Jesus. I need my sins forgiven. I want to make sure heaven is my home. I want to be right with God. I want to live out my purpose. I want to live out the true meaning of why I was born. Why am I here? Wow. Pastor, pray for me, please. If you've never opened up your heart to Jesus, if you have, be assured you're saved. You belong to Jesus. Never doubt it. But if you've never opened up your heart to Jesus, I want to pray for you. In a moment, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand, not to embarrass you, not to call you forward, none of that. It's a personal decision. But your hand raised means I intentionally, I'm going to be a man about this. I'm going to be a woman about this. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to be the adult that I need to be to take responsibility for my life and a decision God can't make for me. Only I can make this decision. You'll say, Pastor, that's me. Pray for me, please. If that's you, raise your hand nice and high. Who are you? Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Awesome. Who are you? Thank you. I see it. Thank you. I see it. Raise it up high. Yep, in the back. Thank you. I see it. Good for you. Yes, over here. I see it behind the pole. Thank you. God bless you. Yes, thank you, thank you, thank you. Good for you. I love that big smile on your face. Over there, I see it all the way in the back. Thank you, ma'am. Yep, yep, yep. Wow. Who else? Raise it up high. Ushers, help me if I'm missing anybody. Wonderful. Thank you, Jesus. Anybody else? Join us online, please. You're, you're tuning in on, on a, for a purpose today. We want to pray for you too. I know that I, I'm not going to ask for hands raised if this message touched your heart today because I know there'd be a lot of hands that go up. And I know it's a very personal, private thing, so I, I, I won't do that. But, but I know, I know that I know, I know how I feel, I know what's in my heart. I, I know the fulfillment that I obeyed God today. It's a great feeling. If you ever been in a position like this, you know exactly what I feel like. Man, you, I, I know I, I obeyed Him today. And what a great feeling that is. And I get to do it again one more service. You're welcome to stay if you want to. But first things first. Let's pray for those who raise their hand to give their lives to Christ. Let's all pray this prayer together. Even if you didn't raise your hand, pray it out of the sincerity of your heart. And Jesus 
will come into your heart and change you from this day forward. Say it with me. Father, in Jesus' name, here's my heart. Here's me. You know me, yet you still love me. I don't want to do this by myself. It doesn't work. I need your help. Forgive me for my sin. I denounce my past. And I want to live for you. I declare you as my Lord and Savior. I come under your Lordship. You're the boss. I receive by faith forgiveness, salvation, eternal life. I will never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, give God praise today. Woo! Have an awesome afternoon. I look forward to seeing you in one of our five services next week. God bless you. Thanks for listening. To stay connected, find out our service times, or how you can get involved, please visit INCLFamilyChurch.com for more information. Our mission at International Family Church is to help you know God for yourself, to find freedom in your life, to discover your God-given purpose, and help you make a difference in the lives of those around you. One of the easiest ways you can do that is simply by sharing this podcast and connecting with us online. You can do so by subscribing, leaving a review on iTunes, or sharing it with your friends on Facebook. Thanks again for listening.